Good morning and welcome to this episode of Freely Give. Um, we are on Revelation chapter 5 and um, if you, as you probably know, this is a um, series in, through the book of Revelation and we are a lesson format and you can um, get a free copy of this lesson or any of the lessons we've done or will do in um, Revelation. And you can email me at Jeannie McHale, J-E-A-N-N-E-M-C-H-A-L-E at yahoo.com. And I will email you a copy of the lesson. And um, we will get started. We are in Revelation chapter 5. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this day, this time together. We thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you would speak to us now and teach us what you would have us to know. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're in Revelation chapter 5, and I'm in the NLT version. Okay. Um, then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah the heir to David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom and pre of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. 
And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. Okay, so we are still in the throne room. And we have a few things that are pretty striking here. We will start out with our um, introduction. Last week, our timeline, or last session, our timeline moved from the things which are to the things which shall be hereafter. The Apostle John, representing the church, was raptured up into the throne room, and he was allowed to see God's throne and witness a heavenly worship scene. This week, we are, or this session, we are still in the throne room as we see the only one who is worthy, our Lord Jesus Christ, take the scroll with the seven seals. Okay, so we're going to um, look at verse 1 and describe the scroll. So the scroll, um, the question is, and read verse 1 and describe the scroll. And the scroll, there was writing on the inside and the outside and it was sealed with seven seals. Um, and then our second question is, of course, what do you believe the scroll contains? And again, these are this is one of those things that that God hasn't told us what the scroll contains. So we don't know. Now, commentators have different opinions about what it contains. Um, a few of the ideas I have read are title deed to the earth. Um, God's New Covenant with Israel, uh, the Old and New Testaments, the Book of Judgment, and the Book of the New Covenant. Um, my jury's still out on what it contains. I'm not sure. Um, I know um, that, um, yeah, I'm just not, I'm not sure. I don't even know if it's one of these options here. So I I am not certain. I'm just going to leave that where it is. <laughs> and we will move on. <laughs> what was the angel's question in verse 2? So um, the angel asks a question. And some, some commentators say it's actually a challenge. But it's a question. And he puts it out there, a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? And the answer was no one, no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth. So then how did John respond to that? And John wept bitterly. He wept bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. And because of John's response to that, you have to wonder, did John know what was in the scroll? And it's possible that he did. Um, and we've seen that... Um, John is, is um, in a place here where he's being given revelation. And there is times throughout the book of Revelation where he's told not to write things down. And he doesn't. Uh, 
So he's good at that. So there's a possibility he did know what was on the scroll. Um, but, um, or there's a possibility that he just understood the fact that it was something important. Um, if it, you know, given the scene and given that it was a heavenly scene and given the, the situation, there's a possibility that he simply knew it was something important and um, that it needed to be opened. And the fact that nobody was found to open it um, was disturbing to him. All right. Our next question here. So then who comforted John in verse five? And we see that one of the 24 elders comes to John and says, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah has been found worthy. The heir to David's throne. He's won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll in its seven seals. Now he's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah. But then when John looks in verse six, this is very striking. When I first read this in Revelation for the very first time, when I was first reading it, it just stopped me in my tracks because um, the elder tells him that he says, look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. But what does John see? He says, then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. That is just striking. The lion of the tribe of Judah is a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. And that reminds us of the character of our God who has all sovereignty, all power, and can do anything he wants. And what does he do? What does the Lord choose to do with that power? He chooses to come down and become a man and die on the cross to secure our salvation. And would that, is there anybody like him? No. Would any man ever think to do anything like that? No. Is there ever going to be anybody like him? No. This is such a statement of the character of God right here. Um, okay, so when John looked at him in verse 6, what did he see? How did he describe him? A lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, and he had seven horns and seven eyes. And David Guzik offers this quote in his Bible commentary. As it had been slain. As if now in the act of being offered, this is very remarkable. So important is the sacrificial offering of Christ in the sight of God that he is still represented as being in the very act 
of pouring out his blood for the offenses of man. This gives great advantage to faith. When any soul comes to the throne of grace, he finds a sacrifice there provided for him to offer to God. Thus, all succeeding generations find they have the continual sacrifice ready and the newly shed blood to offer. And that, that quote was by Clark, but it was in David Guzik's commentary. And then David Guzik says this about his appearance in his Bible commentary. He says, even though the marks of his sacrifice were evident, the lamb was not presented as an object of pity. He also bore the marks of omnipotence with his seven horns and omniscience with his seven eyes. What a figure, a slain lamb who has the marks of omniscience and omnipotence. So our Lord is also has all strength. He is all powerful. Okay, so what did Jesus do in verse 7? Verse 7, um, he stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. And so once he did that, once he grabbed that, once he took that scroll, what there was a reaction in heaven. There was a heavenly reaction. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Instant reaction. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Now, <laughs> the prayers, um, why do you think they had prayers? We know why they would have the harps, and that is to worship. But why do you think they had the prayers? What prayers would they be? And um, most commentators believe, and I believe, you know, this is opinion, that um, the prayers they contain are the ones um, from Matthew 6.10. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Christians all through the ages have prayed, um, Lord Jesus, come back. Lord Jesus, return. We want to see the Lord reign on earth as we look at all the things happening, as we look at war, as we look at injustice, as we look at crimes, as we look at all these things. We want to see the Lord come back. We want to see the Lord reign on earth and as he takes the scroll we see that although the tribulation period is going to happen that's the beginning of the events that are going to lead to his reign on earth and that is what we want to see we want to see um peace on earth. We want to see the Lord reigning. We want to see a world um, 
without crime and injustice and fear and all those things. Okay. What are we called in, and I do want to mention that I think that is what um, those in heaven want as well, because they break into song. <laughs> okay. What are we called in verse 10? We are called a kingdom of priests. And it's noted that um, it says in my translation, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. We will be reigning with Christ. But this is consistent with his calling for us from the beginning. In Exodus 19, 6, God says, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. In 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Um, a priesthood would be those who um, speak to God about man. So we are to be intercessors and um, speak to man about God. So um, we are to be, when appropriate, evangelists. And then a holy nation, because we cannot be um, a priesthood we can't talk the talk if we're not walking the walk. Nobody's going to listen to us. We're not going to have any effect at all in this world. Um, so if we're going to talk the talk, we have to walk the walk. And that's just how it is. Okay. So who is joining the heavenly chorus in verse 11? Thousands and millions of angels join the chorus. And um, this is just amazing. And then who is joining the heavenly chorus in verse 13? And that is every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. Now, this, this is the significant event that we were speaking about um, at the end of um, our lesson last time, when we were talking about um, a significant event that was happening in the throne room. This is the significant event that Jesus steps forward, takes the scroll, and this is the beginning of... Um, his reign however the we do know that the um that the tribulation period does have to happen god is going to judge um the unbelievers before jesus comes to reign and on the note of the lion and the lamb um i do want to point out that um this was um, 
a very, um, in Psalm 22, I don't know if you've read it, um, but I did want to read that for you before we end this session. And I hope it encourages you to, um, to go deeper with your Lord. And also, if you are struggling today, we saw Jesus go from being here on earth and struggling and coming down as a man. And we saw, we've read the Gospels and we saw what he went through. And we saw how he's, we see how he's been exalted. And I wanted to encourage you today that if you are struggling, God sees you and God knows and God knows your struggle and keep on, keep on and keep praying and let the Lord exalt you in his time. Let the Lord uh, do his will for you. I want to read Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and am not silent. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths, like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a postherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. 
nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard, My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, that he has done this. God bless you. See you next time.